Good evening and welcome to Horror. I'm Lee. I'm Chris. And I'm Adam. And we're here for a film that we should definitely have covered before <laughs> now, um, but somehow it slipped our minds. Um, before we go into this, uh, we were just talking off, uh, off mic saying that it, this is definitely a film, if you like the same stuff as us and you mm. share our sense of humour, we're going to try and do the first 10 or 15 minutes spoiler free, but you have to spoil this film. And it is twist after twist after twist. So if you like the stuff we like and you haven't heard of or seen this movie, do yourself a favour, track it down, uh, track it down, watch it. Don't watch a trailer. Don't look at anything about it. Go in blind and it will be an absolute blast of a time. I think it's fair. Yeah. I'd be even tempted to say try and avoid looking at the cover, but that's that could be difficult. <laughs> it, it depends on the cover. The cover, uh, yeah, that's is that's just, an interesting point. Yeah. It's just um, David Hyde Pierce holding a glass of wine. Oh, I'd see that's oh, but, <laughs> you know, it's not as that says a lot by the end of the film. See, it's, but then, yeah, yeah, it's but, well, it's the same with the trailer. So if you watch the trailer, mm. it tells you bits of the story more than it's good to know yeah. going in but once mm. you then go back and watch it again and it makes more then you like there's so That's, much in there that could yeah. have given it away but yeah, yeah. at the time when you, you don't, don't know you just going, on it what yeah. what <laughs> yeah i'm i'm gonna put this and this is again something that we i don't do lightly and i don't think the rest of the podcast do lightly i would put this in the same bracket as Inside number nine, mm. in the sense of, please watch it mm. before we spoil it. But I'd still it's... be tempted to say you you will still get a lot out of it, even if it's spoiled. Undoubtedly, <laughs> like, there is the, the, so much the, to like. The journey of the film, yeah, you know, oh, is yeah. yeah. There's something it, subtle, like right. So I think I said last episode or the episode before, um, David Hyde Pierce, I only know him from Frasier. Mm. I know you said he's in Simpsons. That doesn't add much to this necessarily. <laughs> or no. perhaps it, maybe it does. But, um, but it's, yeah, like just he, I mean, I think I'm going to have to watch more films with him in. Mm. I, I don't know how many there are, but really well, I was so impressed. I was, well, I was going through like, just obviously, like you say, he's Niles Crane, Frasier's mm. brother in Frasier. Um, and he does and play then, a. If this could potentially be Niles, yeah, yeah. couldn't yeah. it? Yeah, but and and it works unbelievably well. It, well, also, uh, and apparently, he's also as Niles Crane in the TV show Caroline in the City, which apparently is a shared universe with Frasier and oh, right. Friends right. and other. There's yeah. a lot of that in. American, um, like American TV, there's the the programs and elsewhere links to about six other shows, including mm. like the X Files and NYPD Blue yeah. and stuff like that. Wow, um, that sounds impressive. Yeah, it's it's worth it's worth looking into. But mm. but yeah, in terms of other stuff he's done, I always forget he's in Wolf. You know the Jack Nicholson Michelle Pfeiffer werewolf film. But you know what? I don't think I've seen that. Mm. Have you not? I haven't seen it for for years. I couldn't even. I can't recall. I've never heard it. of it. 
particularly well. Maybe again, <laughs> well, should we stick it on the list? Because so it yeah. sounds like it's worth. Yeah. It's well, it's it's one of those things where it's like I remember I, I had it on video. Mm. I've never upgraded on that. Um, but I said Jack, Jack Nicholson's a werewolf. Yeah, it's, I mean that, that but, seems like a suitable role for him to play. Oh yeah, <laughs> undoubtedly. I think the trouble is though is, is that if I recall rightly, obviously it's the whole thing is a bit much in the same way as Claire said when she watched The Shining. There mm. is an element of I'm just waiting for Jack to go full Jack. Yeah, yeah. And you know that that's what's going to happen when he become when he becomes a werewolf is you're mm. going to get full mad fucking Jack. Yeah. But um yeah, so he's in that he's in the Fisher King, the Terry Gilliam uh film mm. Sleepless in Seattle, Adam's Family Values, Little Man Tate, which I'm only gonna mention because of the amount of times I use the insult Little Man Tate. Um he's in Vampire's Kiss. He was in episodes of the Outer Limits. He is Krusty's mm. brother, Cecil Twilliger. Yeah, uh, not Krusty, yeah, Sideshow Bob's brother mm. in The Simpsons, Cecil Twilliger in uh, Brother from Another Show. Mm. And that kind of does work towards this because it turns out in The Simpsons, it turns out he's the villain and not Sideshow Bob. Ah. So, Sideshow I guess, Bob I guess we've gone straight. We've just and, given a bit of a spoiler at that point. I don't know. Well, it's more <laughs> for The Simpsons than anything. Um, he's the voice of Abe Sapien in the first Hellraiser, uh, Hellraiser, uh, Hellboy movie. Yes, that's mm. right, yeah. Um, but he is not credited because um, he um, he said most of the performance was Doug Jones, who's obviously portraying the physical Abe Sapien, <laughs> and Doug Jones actually plays him in Hellraiser. Uh, fucking hell but that's funny. Hellboy too. <laughs> but that's funny though. Do you not recognise his voice pretty clearly? Oh, it's very. So clear it seems a bit odd to still yeah. not have a credit somehow. Yeah, no, it's very clear it's him. Um, yeah. And yeah, he's the Emperor Zombie and the Amazing Screw on Head, and he's in a Bug's Life and Osmosis mm, okay. Jones. So he does a lot. He's of done voice a few work. voiceover. Yeah, but I think it is from that point of view, like you say, Chris, where he's a very distinctive. Mm actor and he brings a very distinctive yeah idea of what sort of character he's going to play but and that's why when we get more into this it's fascinating to see what he does in this film because it is niles but it's not niles and it's like there's a subtle almost two subtle changes that actually are quite powerful but still him and yeah. yet mm. a totally different role really it's it's yeah it's yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. This this is one of those films where the entire film hinges on his performance. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, but so I was thinking, absolutely it. right. But the um, I did actually think the John did match him well. Yeah, they almost both mm. had a bit of that. Um, yeah, it was sort of the, both their performances because they're well, they're acting within acting. Yeah, at mm. many points, and it's yeah, I I was. Really pleased how well he did alongside. Yeah, Clang Clang Crawford, yeah. Um, who is apparently Martin Riggs in the TV version of Lethal Weapon, which I, I didn't can even know kind, there was one. I didn't, but <laughs> I can I, see I, it. I can though, see yeah. it. Um, he's been in Twenty Four and Buffy, um, mm. various CSIs, Burn Notice, and he's in a film called Risk Cut as a Love Story, which is a very weird film, which I've still not seen, but I have been recommended mostly mm. by. Uh, 
Oh, right. So I kind of feel that it's going to be a good one. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, the pair of them really... Because they can both play seriously charming, um, yeah. polite, you know, just like everything a decent man should be, essentially. And then they can both play something very other than that. Yeah. yeah. Right. I think we are now safe <laughs> yeah. into spoiler territory. So if we've Does that mean your we can appetite, fucking swear as well? <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, and we're going to swear as well. Um, yeah, so, Chris, I've been waiting an entire month to hear. Mm, as soon yeah. as I thought about it, I was, well, I was sitting on the sofa the other night and it just popped into my head for no apparent reason. And I messaged Adam and went, Oh my God, we haven't shown Chris the perfect toast. And he was like, right, it's, it's got to be the next That's film. It. It's got... yeah. So I've spent a month Priorities, people. to hear what yeah. you would think of this. So you've got to let us know. Well, uh, it's pretty, yeah. I mean, you know, I think we've given that away. Really. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, so I, I had no idea what to expect. So it's called a perfect host, the, the perfect host. Sorry. We did uh, mix that up when we were discussing it before, but yeah, so the perfect host and, and yeah, and that's why it's such a such a good role for Niles, David Hyde Pierce, because this is, as you could imagine, him giving a dinner party in Frasier. Mm. Yes, like, basically, it's it's everything that, and then it's totally not that at all. <laughs> <laughs> and well, like, it, it just takes you on that journey so well. Well, the director Nicholas Tomney, who hasn't, who did a short version of. The perfect host. I think it's just mm, called the okay. host, yeah. Which is pretty much where this was then developed from. Mm. Um, he's done one episode of an Australian anthology horror series called Two Twisted, and that's about it. And he's you know done a yeah. few shorts, All right? But really, this should this should be this should have been an amazing fucking. This should have launched him into it. yeah, serious. You know? This should be on every one of those top hundred films lists, in yeah. my opinion, because mm. it's just. As I say, I, I saw it five or six times when it first came out because I showed mm. it to everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's just – and I still – when I watched it again now, because there's so many twists, I still mm. didn't remember all of them. Yeah, yeah, and no, I, I could imagine that. Yeah. And I just laughed out loud. Yeah. Me and Jennifer were just in absolute stitches watching this again. It's yeah. such a pleasurable watch, and it's just brilliant on so many levels. It's It's such a small cast. Um, yeah, and most of them played by David Hyde Pierce. Yeah. yeah. Um. Oh, yeah. It's it's the little bits. It's it's like when he lays the food out, and then as he's mm. walking around the table, yeah. he's grabbing fistfuls of food off of people's plates and stuffing it in his mouth so that the mm. plates are half empty, and he can have a chat with a person who is. It's just absolutely phenomenal. It's so yeah. Good. Well, back to what we were saying though, because I think, but. Basically, the director said what he was looking for was someone who brought an expectation to a role. Mm, okay. And it's a perfect match. Yeah, yeah. You know, David really Hyde Pierce as a... You, you just immediately... Right, he's going to be very fastidious, quite weak, yeah. quite sort of neat, but also possibly a bit snobby or mm. a bit sort of, you know... He's going to be Niles Crane, yeah. And that is like we were saying with the voice work. That's pretty much the expectation that they're bringing to those roles. Where yeah. it's like, you know, it's like, oh, well, we need this character who's kind of like that. It sets up that expectation so much yeah. that to not do it. So, but, but then, but then that's hurts. how they've they've, how they've done so well with this when it isn't him and it still is him. And it's like, whoa, that's it's like it could be uncanny, 
and it could potentially not work and yet somehow it's so powerful mm. so yeah and and actually despite the fact that this is an extremely fucking funny film mm. like a genuinely funny film mm. um i mean i'm gonna there's... join some conga lines after this and, <laughs> oh, and see them in a whole new way <laughs> you you have not seen because obviously we have the welcome to horror whatsapp group but i've just been messaging lee conga yeah. pretty much since we decided to film this yeah. um just yeah because it's that is that sums up the whole it fucking does. movie for me yeah. just that moment yeah but but also i do think that david high pierce plays disturbed very well yeah that's it that's why it's it's almost disturbing how well he does it because you that's the bit you don't expect it's like no yeah. i get i get why he's in it for the first bit and then when he changes it's like and or it starts to change and then really does by the end it's like well, yeah. okay no i did not see that coming from him and that and he still does it really like he becomes a cold just loses all of the yeah, all of the warmth mm. that he normally has with Niles, and it's like, no, okay, you're qu- sort of quite worrying now. Now it's a power really, tripping, yeah. You know, person who has you trapped. Yeah. When he brings the book out and you see the photographs, and you're like, mm. oh shit, he's done this before. Like, yeah. and it's just mm. so, and the way he draws the the imaginary people onto the Polaroids and stuff, it's just mm. sinister. And yeah, yeah, because because this is the thing is obviously watching it back. I know where I am with that. Yeah. I know what that actually leads up to or how that is explained in the film. Mm. Whereas that first time you watch it, Chris, you yeah. must have got yeah. it. Claire got it. <laughs> Especially the bits where he's like he's filmed himself mm. apparently self-mutilating on the um, toilet. Yeah. And that that looks purely like that would be in like a lecter film yeah, of like absolutely. whoever the murderer was in that, you know, mm. sort of, it just is, it's really, it's quite Dennis Nielsen as well. It's very sort of like disturbing, mm. very real to it. And mm. and even then you get the, I did my own hair and makeup. <laughs> and, you know, there's still sort of payoffs and stuff like that. But at that point you are just like, oh no, because I was, I was like trying to work it out. And there's John's bit is, essentially like a t- that sort of wave of heist movies that followed the sort of Tarantino explosion mm. of the sort of early to mid nineties. Yeah. And then you've got a lot of films like, um, like oceans 11 and stuff like that. You know, a lot of George Clooney possibly with Brad Pitt where it's like, it's groovy or sort of, yeah. you know, s- sort of indie crime movies. Mm. So you've got that in there. And then obviously it's then the comedy of manners yes. of an episode of Frasier. Yeah. But with a darker twist, it's like, oh god, this guy's invited this man in. He doesn't when, know. And, yeah, and you don't know you don't know who dangerous is dangerous criminal. Who is what. Yeah. Like yeah. So, so you're still trying to figure out who John is, essentially, because mm. he does have a deeper story too that unfolds. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, well, he's not a good guy, but how far what is he gonna be doing? Yeah. So you're trying and, to figure out who is, yeah, what are their roles? And he, actually, and he, at first, he gets brutal. Yeah, yeah. You know, he slaps him around. He yeah. fucking, you know, he beats him up and basically mm. is sort of like, and that's after he's been 
helpful to the point of irritating. Yeah, which is pure, yeah. which is a pure Niles thing. Of it like, is. You know, he's. But you can see the, the way John the is thinking about like, that. Oh no, I can't get through to you. Yeah, <laughs> that is great. And John's obviously like, "Don't fucking phone yeah. me because this is all a ruse that I've taken your mail." And how long can he stand <laughs> for that until he yeah. just has to release and yeah. But also that lovely moment where you think because you're sort of still, again, I tried to watch it through the eyes of someone watching it the first yeah. time from that first time I watched it. And there's that lovely bit where it's, you know, John sat there, he's smoking. And there's just the, mm. uh, that bit is beautiful where it's just the look on his face of, mm, I'd rather you didn't smoke. But yeah. he knows that he's got to bite his fucking lip, or he's acting that he's yeah. got to bite his lip at this point. And it's sort of, you know, John's sort of sitting there and has taken control of the situation. And then it's like, oh my God, your foot. Oh no, let, let, I've got to yeah, do something yeah, about that. And it's like, oh, he's going to help him. He's that yeah. nice a person. Is it going to be a Stockholm syndrome sort of thing? Mm. You know, are they going to end up buddies at the end of it? And it's <laughs> like, no, you're bleeding on my floor. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's, that's <laughs> obviously the first point where you're like, okay. Yeah. I have a sense where this <laughs> now potentially going. Like, and, really. And, and then it goes into, like, like a film like Hard Candy or something like that, where it's that bit off more than you can chew shit. Mm. You know, it's like, right, here's a bad guy, but we've put them in with a real fucking yeah. bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like I say, it sort of breaks off and you get all this... Um, sort of the horror moments that then get completely underplayed when... John wakes up dead, as it were. Mm, yeah. And realizes that I mean, you gotta remember, the foot thing is real. Mm. Yes. He does cauterize his foot with a fucking iron. Yeah. You know, he is a dangerous person. i he's just apparently not a murderer. And I'd forgotten as well, like how they do the reveal of David Hyde Pierce's job. So when I so see you've got the cops looking for them. Mm. And then the cop is at the front door on the thing, and you're like, "This is it. He's going to yeah. get caught. Yeah. How is he going to get away?" <laughs> and then it's like, "Oh no, that's his boss." Yeah, <laughs> morning, <laughs> lieutenant. Like, such another good what? twist. Yeah, so done. Yeah. And then it and then it goes off into like the usual suspects. Yeah. It's like a neo noir. <laughs> like it goes back to the heist movie bit, but takes mm. it off in a completely odd fucking direction. Well, and that's where David Hyde Pierce then plays this new role, which is, again, him, but not him. His voice changes. He's yeah, like, he yeah. has an American accent, which he was he was doing a, a very British and, and he, He's, he's a in charge, but in another way. It's like, yeah, yeah he's, he's the boss now. Before, he was the psychopath, you know, schizophrenic psychopath, having fun in charge. But, like, now yeah. it's he means business. Yeah, it's his job. Yeah. And I love the fact that, obviously, I mean, this is, again you know, in terms of spoilers, but the fact the fact that obviously you see the 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 party that it takes place, mm. you see it from both sides. You so you yeah, see it from yeah. reality, John's yeah. side of it, of him hallucinating hundreds of guests in his house <laughs> and having this amazing fucking party. And then they swing it back so you see it from his point of view, where he is at an amazing fucking party. Mm. But Something that Claire said that really struck with me was she was like, but which is more disturbing? <laughs> is it more disturbing to see someone clearly hallucinating who has the power of life and death over you? Mm. 
Or is it that you're having this amazing, fabulous party and you've got a guy in the corner that you're all enjoying torturing? Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, Do you know what I mean. It's not an it's not a party of nice people, you know, because it's all aspects of him. And I love the fact that there are the sort of bits where it's like, I, you know, I strongly believe that you should take both your tablets. You've got yeah. to be able to function at work. Yeah. And the mm. fact that, and there's bits where the vo- like the characters start going, oh well, the police going to catch up with you now. Shut up, mm. shut up. Yeah, yeah. When he's losing it. And yeah. yeah, you. But oh man, it's it's so fucking good. I had completely forgotten as well. I don't know how, but yeah, I'd completely forgotten that about John waking up in the trash. I mm. I, I remember him being laying on the street with his throat cut. I didn't mm. remember him then waking up and finding out he's been covered in makeup and none of it's real. So even that this time, like as I say, I'm a sixth or seventh watch. I was like. <laughs> Oh my god! Like even that caught Still me off some guard details. again. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, it's just yeah, that's fantastic. See, and, and here's the thing as well: you get this rapid succession. It's like the last half hour of the film mm. is like here's the perfect ending, but we'll give you a bit more. And yeah. go okay. The, so you get like John kills Warwick with the salt. That would be an ending to a film. It'd be a fucking bleak ending. But, yeah, you know, he yeah. kills and gets away, and then that turns out to be a false thing, and John dies, and that again just yeah. him waking up in the trash, <laughs> him sat there on by the pool with his hallucinations. Mm. That would be the ending. Roll credits at that point. Yeah, and then like you say, John, and then John wakes up and starts taking the makeup off. Roll credits. There's your ending because it's mm. like, oh fucking hell! Look, he was just fucking with him, and you know he's not dead or whatever like that. And then you like you say, and then the cops show up and reveal that Warwick is a cop, <laughs> and that would be your ending because the irony is he's had the chief suspect in his case mm. in his house and essentially let him go, having fucked with him yeah. for an evening, and then him walking off with the cash would be an ending. Do you know what I mean? When he just yeah. goes off down the street, like Kaiser yeah. Jose at the end, yeah. he's just sort of like, yeah, just walking away. And then and then you still get more. And yeah, it's, it's that, really, really good. It's that mm. swaggering walk he's got. He does it when he gets the mm. wine from the kitchen as well. Mm. When he just got yeah. that very, yeah. it just, oh, it's just such a brilliant characterization. And, and the, as you say, the way he flips it from that to then his very straight laced, uptight mm. policeman but yeah then as soon as he steals the money he's back to swaggering again and yeah. having a great time and living his best life running off with this money uh, uh it's oh yeah um nathaniel parker as well who plays um mm. detective Morton. yeah it's just yeah. brilliant he's such a solid and but, like it's such a serious solid performance mm. yeah. in all of this absolute craziness but it just but, works brilliantly but also wonderfully is more obsessed with the football game yeah. <laughs> than what is going on. You know, there's that sort of where you sort of get the idea, that's kind of how he gets away with this shit, is no mm. one's really looking. Yeah. And in a way, there's and there's that lovely bit where he's where he's talking and the other two cops are like when um Warwick is basically going full gammon and just talking about like well that's what they want to do they just want to round them up and shoot them and so yeah. all this really sort of like heavy bigoted sort of stuff and they're mm. just like 
Yeah. You, do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, obviously, just we have to put up with this shit. Yeah. yeah. You know, which again just is. But um, uh, Nathaniel Parker, he's um, English. He's an oh, English actor. Yeah. And he is he's the brother of Oliver Parker, who is the removal man who appears in both the first two Hellraisers. And oh. he's Pelequin in Nightbreed. Oh, um, yes, yes. But Nathaniel Parker, um, I I don't know why it always stuck in my mind, but he was Fireman in the Palace of Righteous Justice on Harry Enfield's television programme, <laughs> where they had Iceman, Fireman, and She-Woman Cap type thing. Yes, <laughs> yes. And, um, yeah, I don't know why, but that was the thing. And he was in Rick Mail Presents Dancing Queen, Touch of Frost, Inspector Morse, and then he's gone to America, he's been in... Beverly Hills Ninja, The Bodyguard, uh, Chronicles of Narnia, The Voyage of the Dawn Treader. And so, yeah, he's, that's where he's got, but yeah, he's, and does a, well, we're saying that as English people, but I think he does a perfectly fine American. You know, you wouldn't yeah. tell yeah. I don't think. No, I was, saying, um, I was surprised when you said it because it, it seems so, so well but, done. But yeah, I think that the, I mean, actually, and, that's you saying about that swaggering walk. Um, the bit right at the end where he walks off and then gets flanked, imagines, by his yeah, imaginary people dressed yeah. as cops. All I could think was is that meme that goes around of um, people, uh, other people don't come around here with your bullshit. Me <laughs> coming back here with my bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I can think of. Right? It's just like, so, but it's such a wonderful image because, uh, like, reading. Because I'll be honest, again, there's not much online about this film. Mm. There's a few interviews with the director. There's a few interviews with um, David Hyde Pierce, but that's. Do you know yeah. what I mean? There's not a lot of study that's gone into this, or a lot of that stuff seems, that's come does out. Does seem surprising. Yeah. It's one of those, you know, like we were saying, you know, anyone you talk to, they'd always tell you they've never heard of it. And you're like, yeah. it's one of the best films I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's just astonishing. And I do I do wonder if it's because David Hyde Pierce maybe was a hard sell to, to this type of, you know, if you go from comedy to kind of crime, drama, horror, maybe <laughs> he was a hard sell in that way and therefore it didn't. He didn't get picked up, but I mean, I'm pretty certain anyone who's ever seen this will be just as obsessed with it as me. Yeah. Seriously, I mean, I, um, I, um, this was a film I recommended to someone at work, mm. and literally, uh, we, and we fire, we've fired films back and forth between each other, like really good films, really odd films, and stuff like that. He likes weirder and stranger stuff, same as I do, but he always says the trouble is. You hit fucking pay dirt when you told me about the perfect host. Yeah. <laughs> Anything you've told me about afterwards has been good. Yeah. But that was incredible. And I knew yeah. nothing about it. <laughs> and and like I say, I mean, this was what, 2010? Is, mm-hmm. is it 2010? Yeah, 2010. Yeah. And you sort of think maybe it was a timing thing. Maybe it was five years earlier, five years later. Maybe it would have done better. I think the other trouble is, is it's a very difficult film to even categorise to someone without spell without spelling it out. Yeah, well, you know I'm, I'm I mean? going to watch a trailer 
when we finish tonight because I'll be fascinated to see what they can put in a trailer that gives you the right idea and doesn't ruin any of it. And like you yeah. said, don't watch a trailer because it it probably so it's, yeah. It, perhaps it is just you, too difficult to do as a film. I think well because I think the best the best sum up I saw of it would would be to put it out as a black comedy. Mm, yeah. yeah, but. I don't know a whether that sells well. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Is that a harder sell than just oh, it's a comedy for all the family? You yeah. know, a black comedy, but also like a black comedy starring David Hyde Pierce. You probably lost a lot of interest where people were like, oh, it'll be like Frasier, and I don't like Frasier. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, there was they, they, are they thinking black comedy because there are elements of black comedy in Frasier? Yeah, but I mean Ooh. not. Well, I've just decided to start watching Frasier again after watching this because I was like, I've got to watch yeah. a bit more, a bit more Niles, and it's funny are, how you look you know, at. No, there are sort of because it works on a sort of real life basis. They put in things that are sort of not. I mean, no, nothing like this, but yeah. So maybe that was what the mm. the problem was. I don't know. I think it could be. I think it could be one of those. You know, where like we have. You know, if you didn't, if you. If you have seen it and you want to tell people about it, you don't want to give anything yeah. away. So mm. you just say to them, "Just watch go, it. I'm not going it. to tell you anything and... about it." And that can be a bit of a hard sell, can't it? Yeah. Like, well, it's well, it's a bit dumb, you yeah. know, to go in, especially because it's like, especially because you have to find it. Yeah. I wish this was on fucking. I, I don't. I didn't look into it particularly. I think you can pay for it on Amazon, maybe, but I don't know where it is streaming. I'm pretty sure someone's put it up in about eight chunks on YouTube. <laughs> but you know i think it's again it's that access to it yeah whereas this would have been this uh, again it should have if they'd have pressed hard pressed it harder in um 2010 this should have been one of those things that just turned up on cable that loads of people watched and could mm. catch up with and so yeah yeah so yeah so if it hasn't if it didn't get that sort of initial jump yeah then maybe people just yeah, I've not had the opportunity and not seen it anywhere to 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 pick it up. But it is mm. such a travesty because it's yeah. just a work of art. It's just, it's a, a, you know, like we were saying, the tension at the beginning because obviously mm. you don't see Niles's other side until almost half an hour in, mm. and the tension of as you say him being in the house and he keeps making phone calls and any one of those phone calls can trip him up because he phones the airport about yep. the baggage and that could give it all away. And mm. then he phones Julia, which obviously he doesn't phone Julia because there's no Julia. Yeah. And the fact that you, once you realise that he writes those postcards, mm. yeah. he knew from the beginning that this guy had never spoken to Julia because he couldn't have possibly spoken to Julia. Yeah. So, he, mm. so he was playing along the whole time, but was absolutely aware of the situation from the get-go. which And actually winding it up by doing yeah. the calls mm, yeah. because, you know, it's sort of like just almost trying to get him to reveal himself because mm. there's a lovely bit where the neighbour calls him a wolf. Yeah. The woman he goes to first. Where she calls John. Coming. Yeah. 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 And she just says, uh, she just says, you're go not, away, wolf. And well, I you, think you're not a, really a, um, she knew he was making it up. Yeah. Mm. Because they wouldn't have crosses, and yeah, and I think that that is a a brilliant term mm. for the character because of, you know he is a at that point. I mean, you obviously see a somewhat sympathetic side to it, and you do see him, yeah, 
battered and fucked yeah. up and everything. And you and at one point you think killed. Mm. And it's sort of and the fact that yeah. he's been played the whole time yeah, by yeah. the girlfriend, I'd forgotten Well, that was that another nice twist, well. yeah. It's, yeah. So this film just, and that's what I mean, it's just, it's really nicely paced. It go, it flies by really quickly. But yeah, you never go more than 10, after that first half hour, you never go more than 10 or 15 minutes without a whole new twist being yeah. popped in that just turns everything well, on its head. Yeah, none of the characters are exactly what they seem to begin with. John isn't in sort of three ways, and then, yeah, um, Warwick isn't, and then even Detective Morton because he starts investigating Warwick. Yeah, he actually, so like he actually got... gets his shit together and acts yeah. like a bloody yeah, exactly. He's like, I can't ignore this. Yeah, and that is a and that's a lovely moment as well because you know you're seeing how Warwick's playing this off mm. when he's like, well, yeah, get it analysed because I'll analyze yeah. it. Yeah, and sort of having to front it out, but also mm. the mind's worrying. Yeah, and it is. It's that brilliant thing of it is how you can kind of imagine it being when he says, You're going to bring a load of policemen to my house. I don't have to be civil about this, but I'm choosing mm. to be. So why mm. don't you come over for dinner? And you just yeah. think, Don't don't go for dinner. It's all going to go. <laughs> <laughs> don't choose the red wine. Yeah. <laughs> That's that just the, oh, red. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I mean it's yeah, it's just one of the yeah. I think it's just one of the it's one of the best films I've seen, and it is a f- real hidden gem mm. that people should be singing from the rooftops. This should have the cult following of like something like Whistle or something like that. Yeah, people. Definitely. There should be it should be memed to fuck. Mm, yeah. yeah, there should be gifts of culture yeah. and everything. You know, it's just the dance number on the table when they're all doing the yeah. dance together, mm. and then it just keeps coming back to just him on his own dancing yeah. like a lunatic. Yeah, oh, it's oh, it's just such a good fit. It's such a such a fun, considering how dark it is. Mm. It's such a brilliantly fun movie, and that's the thing is, I think every point lightens the pace in a mm. weird way. It takes you to a really fucking dark area and you're still going with it because it's still an entertaining film. But then it sort of usurps that, but in a way that you're like, oh, I, more intriguingly. Yeah. You know, than a film where it's like a guy goes somewhere, finds out he's in the hands of a nutter who kills him. Mm-hmm. That's a film. Yeah. And, it would, and in this circumstance, would be an entertaining film, but it's not. It'd be a good film. It would not be a great film. Because <laughs> that bit, there's a bit in it which really made me think proper 90s serial murderer sort of movie mm. was the bit where he's going, where he's talking to him and he's just going, Where is she now? when he's writing out a postcard yeah. from Julia. And that bit where he's going, it's, this, You're Julia, aren't you? And it's just, and the music of it, the way it's lit, because it's like 3 a.m. in the morning and everyone's fucking shattered. Mm. And it's like, yeah, it's that just, just is perfect to then have that rub pulled. And it's like, oh, no, he didn't kill him. No, he ha- he has a makeup kit and he fucks with people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's and, what, you know, <laughs> that was the other bit I forgot. 
he almost lets John go, doesn't he? And John gets oh, to the yeah, door, yeah, and yeah. then he says to him, "You're nothing." Yeah, and he yeah. cannot. He could have just walked away at that point. But yeah, he's like, nope, I'm not doing this. This has gone too far. I'm going to kill this bloke, mm. and just drops himself straight in the shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because at that point he could have walked out that door. I mean, probably at that point he'd have probably got as far as the front step, and then Warwick comes out with fucking cattle prod or something. Yeah. Just, but. <laughs> You know, ostensibly, that seems to be the point where, you know, he and and the fact that Warwick's not concentrating on the chess match. Yeah. He's like, obviously, I'm going to beat him because he's uh, he's scum and I've had him trapped here and I'm a genius. Yeah. And then he's not even concentrating because he's too busy trying to work out what he gets if he wins. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, oh, I've got a good one. Uh, checkmate. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And he immediately says, you cheated. And it's like, he's got his hands tied behind his back. How could he possibly have cheated? I mean, the, the musically, I love this film. I think yeah. that the score for it is really, really good. John Swihart's, uh, he did Napoleon Dynamite and oh, right. uh, Odd Thomas. So he's that. But I think in this, he puts in a lot of, he puts. it's very much like an inside number nine score. He puts in a lot of work of, this is what suits this bit. Some mm. of it's like a fucking urban crime film. Some of it's like beautiful. Some of it's mania. There and was then a, you get, yeah. I was going to say, yeah, there was a mania a bit earlier before Warwick has turned. And yeah, mm. I, it was like a little musical cue that almost just tips you off. That mm. You know, everything seems calm, but the music's telling you there's something mental going on. And it kind of, it's just, fantastic it's yeah. just so mm. well done and if you don't know what the twist is that's coming it'd seem really odd and out of place but then when it happens it all just comes together and makes perfect sense it's yeah it's so well crafted but obviously yeah so the the opening credits are equals of death metal want to be in la and then of course you've got rose royce with car wash and I am generally against people using music that's been used in other films before. Mm. I'm particularly averse to people taking themes or things that were specifically written for other films and mm. putting them in other films. Um, at this point, I have to stand corrected because fuck off, Car Wash belongs to this movie, not the film <laughs> Car Wash. <laughs> Even though Car Wash is a great film. Uh, yeah, this owns Car Wash. Yeah. It's yeah i just I, I i would be hard pressed to find anything about this film that i would like to have seen done differently or thought mm. could be improved upon it, it's just an absolute masterpiece i say yeah i don't know if it was possibly marketing or whatever that it obviously could have done better but it's kind of nice to have a film like this like you say adam where when you're talking to someone and you're like, oh, yeah, can you recommend anything? And you can pull this one out of the bag. You're pretty much sure, you know, 90% of people you show it to would get something out of it and be totally blown away. So it's quite nice to have it as a little secret thing that we've all got. See, the, the best way I can describe it in a weird way is I think that this is a film that I could, I well, I could still show my mum, but I could have shown my dad. Mm. Both of them would have loved it. Mm. And that is a fucking rarity. Yeah. yeah. Because my mum likes my mum likes completely different films to the films my dad liked in yeah. the main, mm. but this would have been one they'd have both fucking loved, and very much for the same reasons. You know what I mean? It wasn't it isn't like one liked this or one like that. I think it was just it's just a fucking entertaining film. Mm. Yeah, you know, 
yeah oh just fantastic right so we are gonna wrap it up there um so uh, our next film we're going to be covering uh, is going to be Adam's birthday choice. Uh, and we didn't give away what the theme of the month was because we wanted to keep it under wraps that it is uh, Crazy Bastards month. Yep. <laughs> um, so, Adam, what is your birthday choice? Well, obviously, I am, uh, as everyone knows, I'm an avuncular man who doesn't have clinical depression. And, you know, I'm optimistic sunny side <laughs> sort of of the street kind of guy so my birthday choice Where's we're going to watch the party movie that is seven <laughs> um so um which yeah if, if anything i suppose the perfect host is mm. artist pretending to be murderer and seven is murderer thinking he's an artist <laughs> so you know there we go no, I haven't seen that for a long time. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I've, funnily enough, it was because I, I started. Um, I've started a rewatch of uh, Whitechapel, which is a, a very highly recommended mm. uh, series that was on mid to about 2009 for about four series, um, and it kind of put me in that sort of what other things are about people proving a point through mm, serial okay. murder. And then it was like, oh, yeah, well, there's seven, obviously. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so happy birthday to me. Yeah. And, and, and interesting enough, I will be seven this year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's a really good call. Same as Chris said. I mean, I saw this when it first came out. Um, uh, and I don't so It was, it was big. Since. Oh, it, like, was yeah. it was one of the biggest of this type of movies that I well, it's, it's, remembered it's, at the time. It's, it's and weird. And Brad Pitt. Well, yeah. uh, Morgan Freeman. Okay, I did not even... Yeah, no. and there's... And I think that. the thing is as well, is because it's... Um, uh, oh, bollocks, I can't remember his name. The director is... Ah! Shit, what is his name? But he's done loads oh, of stuff since. Um, oh, that, well, it's going to be very interesting to... Go through but, and but see it's stuff that's got bigger. Mm, um, yeah, okay. Fisher, David Fisher. No, I think he wrote the Leisure Hive. It is David Fincher. David Fincher. That's it. Thank you. Um, but obviously, he's now gone on to most of his films have been massive fucking deals. Yeah. To the point where I feel that Seven has been forgotten, <laughs> as because it came right at the start, really. Oh, Zodiac uh, as well. Ugh. He, yeah, he did Zodiac. He did Mindhunter, the TV series Mindhunter, mm. which was good while it lasted. And uh, Panic Room, the game, Fight Club. Yeah. Um, All right. Yeah. yeah um, social Network. Mm. Yeah, he's had a uh, Girl with the Dragon story. Tattoo remake. You know, he's yeah. done lots yeah. and lots. And, um, and Alien 3. And I'm sorry, Bobby and Adam, but yeah, it's still fucking good. Uh, <laughs> director's Cut. Clever. Just to clarify, when I said Ugh, about uh, Zodiac, uh, I, it was a fantastic film, but it was so bleak. I'll never watch it again. And it was so brutal as well. Like It's, so... it's a great film, but the trouble is is that, that it's that horrible thing of watching and going, oh, no, this is all shit that really happened. Yeah, I think you know? that's why I was like, yeah, I, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it is the wrong word in the mm. words of Garth Marenghi. And like... <laughs> I, I, yeah, I watched it and enjoyed the journey, but I was like, I don't think I'd put myself through it again. It's really brutal. 
It's so yeah. horrible. <laughs> yeah. It don't fuck about. So. No, it certainly doesn't. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Excellent. Right. Yeah. So thanks ever so much for listening, everyone. Uh, if you haven't already, definitely hunt out the perfect host because even though we've told you about it, seeing it is a yeah. very different thing. So you definitely need to experience and, it. And we've, pre- and we've pretty much stayed clear of jokes and one-liners and stuff like that. So yeah. you'll still have plenty There's a lot. Yeah. To, to see. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. So thanks very much for listening. Go and check out Seven again if, like us, you haven't watched it in 20-odd years. Uh, and we will see you back for Adam's birthday in a fortnight. Good night. Good night. Good night.